You are now listening to Carly's Couch. I'm Carly. And I'm Lex. In this podcast, we discuss a wide array of topics about life and how to live your best life. Whatever that looks like for you. Hope y'all enjoy. Hey, everybody. Happy New Year. Welcome to Carly's Couch. Um, We're going to start the year out talking about feeling. Ooh, definitely. Wasn't even my idea this time, surprisingly. Uh, I wouldn't say that, but... (laughs) Um, (laughs) but today we're going to talk about, well, really we were backtracking because we had the idea for the episode you'll hear next week, but then it made us think about some things that we could talk about or define before that episode. So it's almost like a little two-parter to be honest. Um, but today we're going to talk about how in tune you are with your feelings or rather your emotions is the word we'll probably use throughout this episode more often and why it's important to actually identify them. So identifying emotions is the name of this episode, um, and we're just going to be able to dive into that so you understand how it's helpful um, as you move forward through this year. Absolutely, and please don't forget to, well, not please don't forget, please leave us reviews if you haven't already, five stars, of course, Um, and if you feel so led, share this episode or any of our other episodes with people that you think they might help. If you would like to join us on the bouch, because if you're watching the video, you'll notice that we're actually on a bouch today, shout out to that, Um, you can call and leave us a voicemail with questions, topic ideas, comments, things you want us to address at 323-505-2030. Yes, we need more voicemails so we can include you in on the show. You may not want to be a full-blown guest, but we can at least talk to you, answer questions or whatever if you leave us a message. So definitely do that. Um, I think Carly's checking them because I'm not, but we're checking them. them. Okay, (laughs) we're definitely checking them. Um, And also continue to leave comments on YouTube and the site. I feel like I've been seeing a lot more comments on YouTube. Um, So that's pretty cool. I guess you guys like watching maybe more than you like listening. But remember, you can watch on YouTube and you can listen on iTunes and everything else. So regardless of where you watch or listen, please share the episode as well. Lex, how you feeling today? (laughs) Damn. Um... I feel, I don't know. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So I hate that you started out like that because that's what we're talking about. And um, with that being kind of the theme of the show, one of the first questions that I wanted to talk about is what goes through your mind when somebody asks, how are you or how are you feeling? It's funny, the first thing is our automatic response, like what we're conditioned to say, I'm great, I'm good, you know, and so I I think about that first, and then I surpass that, and then it's like, well, do I really want to share, like, how I'm really feeling, well, how am I really feeling, and all of this happens, like, in a fraction of a second, but it's like, you know, what is the level of this conversation with this person, do I actually want to share how I'm actually feeling is this a safe space do I know how I'm feeling so it's pretty much a mix of all of those things um but last year I made it a point to not just say good on a reflex all the time and so even if it was someone who I didn't want to have a deeper conversation with they might be like how are you doing I'm like I'm pretty good grateful for today you know or you know I'm not really feeling it today and just being honest more honest with that without like oversharing so that's what you go through every time that you hear how are you feeling um, if I was being thoughtful about it, yes, I wouldn't say every time, but when I'm trying to be more thoughtful or if it's someone who I care about, like, and I'm trying to have a real conversation, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting that you initially um, inspect the relationship with the person you're speaking about and whether you want to actually answer for real or to what depth you want to answer. 
um, for me, when I'm asked how I'm feeling, I always go to uh, how am I feeling first. And I swear, it's like as soon as somebody actually asks me, I don't know anymore. Or, you know, I'm trying to think of an example. There's some things like if people ask you a question, you may have been thinking about it, but as soon as they ask you, it's like now you're thinking about it. So you don't really know like, man, how was I feeling or what, you know, what is going on right now? Because now that's all I'm thinking about. So I don't know what the emotion really is. Um, But for me, yeah, I'm always like every time I never know what to say. Unless I'm like, unless they ask me because I'm in the middle of something like, you know, if they could tell something's going on or if I'm being really excited or something, then maybe that's different. But on a regular, hey, how are you feeling? I always have to think so hard about it. And then I just don't really know. So what are some emotions that you feel often? I would say emotions that um, I can think of at the top of my head that I may frequently actually feel and know I'm feeling would be peaceful, content, angry, um, preoccupied, busy, tired, Mm, not excited uh (laughs) I'm trying to think of a few more I think it's usually that it's like a range of those kind of emotions that are not excited but like they're happy slash content just chill Mm -hmm. or kind of frustrated angry not maybe not angry as much like frustrated or kind of blah like it's like those two areas I think like neutral and blah or like but neutral in a good way yeah 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 Yeah, that or just like irritated as we keep talking i keep coming with new words but they're all (laughs) you know it's kind of the same space of like busy irritated doing too much and chill Mm, so it's like those are the two spaces my spaces are i'm I'm aiming for neutral as uh we talked about like our neural pathways and neuroplasticity and all that stuff with Jay. If you miss out on his episode, it's pretty dope. Um, he His goal in life is to aim to be neutral, um, not too high, not too low, just in the middle. And as someone who is naturally excitable, like that's just how I am. Um, mine tend to be way more high and then way more low, like in comparison as it goes up and down. And so I would say mine range from excited, very high, like super excited all the way like ecstatic is probably a better word than super excited um down to like low and all along that range it just depending on the day you'll catch me on the spectrum and so I've been trying to be more intentional on keeping myself more out of balance as you mentioned which is not a bad thing like it's just balance not good not bad just kind of there grateful um some other words I probably say often are grateful mm, joyful peaceful calm which is really nice um introspective like not withdrawn but just pensive so I'm, I'm in my head a lot and like thinking a lot and thinking through things especially lately so it's kind of where mine are but they range from really high to really low um how often do you think they change throughout the day for you Ooh, a lot my emotions are um uh they change often a lot less than they used to because I'm more aware and able to better manage them but on any given day, that can be a roller coaster. Like my highest of highs, you catch me, and I'm like on a cloud, a million, and then I'm like super sad later, and it's like, how did I get here? <laughs> and then is it because of things happening? Like, do you feel like when you wake up, you tend to have a certain, you're in a certain space, but by the time you go to sleep, maybe you're in a different space, or like, is it just 
depends on everything going on. It kind of depends on everything going on, but I think it's so interesting. It's like when I wake up, I'm in this space, and one of my meditations actually says it. It's like before you, like you have this beautiful space right before you decide to put on all of your narratives and all of your stressors and everything throughout the day, like of it's just you. And it's in this twilight time, and twilight is my favorite time of day. <laughs> and so having that, um, and then I also end up falling asleep, like in that same space. Like there's nothing too good or too bad. I just feel kind of at peace. I'm sorry, and I wasn't laughing at you. I was laughing because when you're saying, yeah, there's like this twilight area between when when you get up. And the first thing I thought about was like, I'd be waking up like KD, <laughs> like grabbing the blankets, like, <laughs> like what I got to do. <laughs> so I was like, nah, I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes it is like that, but sometimes it ain't. Um, that's real sometimes you wake up and you're it's like you wake up in the middle of thinking about something (laughs) or some stress or something and then sometimes uh, more often probably the cause of that first direction you go is because like you picked up your phone immediately to look at email or you know you did something first and then that kind of starts setting the tone so um probably have a little bit more control than we think one thing um that i really liked that carly had put in the episode and we can put this image in the notes um if you remember carly yep gotcha. because uh, i might not but um is an emotion wheel so there's hundreds of words that you know can serve as emotions they're all descriptive words um but what i liked about it is from the center of the wheel as it goes outward it stays within the theme but then the words get a little bit more descriptive so for somebody like me when I'm trying to think of how do I feel and it's like well it's not happy or it's like not just happy but I'm not bad but like what is it exactly um I like how this chart really separates it out so it's not you're not just happy but then from happy you could go to trusting but from trusting that could go even more farther out to sensitive or intimate um on another side you have maybe you're feeling angry but really that could mean you're feeling distant or critical which then goes even further out to like numb, withdrawn, skeptical, dismissive. And so I thought it was really cool because it gives me a little bit more vocabulary for words um, and for emotion words because it's really what it's about is your vocabulary. So I think the more you can be definitive or descriptive rather about your emotion and how you feel, the more you can kind of make it work for you. Okay, so if you are... Um, in the show notes or you're watching this on YouTube, I challenge you to look up the emotions wheel and see how you're feeling right now. I'm going to challenge me and Lex to do the same thing. Um, so I would say, Sorry, I was like, yeah, you got to zoom back. <laughs> um, I would say I am happy. And then if I keep on delving down, I would say mm, interested and then curious. I'm feeling curious today. Today? Why is that? Um, I think I'm, it's because I'm working on some new projects and just going through a lot of transition and I've been very intentional about switching my mindset to like, oh my God, what could happen to, wow, like what could happen? Like, how can I be curious in this moment and just be open to what is Mm -hmm. or what could be? Yeah, that's probably a good emotional state to be in when you're in a creative mode or in a time when you're working on things or, or focused on work. Um, but one thing and one reason why I'm we're talking about identifying emotions specifically is because your emotions are playing a huge state on your life, but it seems like so many times we're not really aware 
of exactly how we're feeling or not aware of like how it's impacting us. And so that's why we're talking about this in the first place. So Carly, for you, how in tune would you say you are with your emotions? You said when people ask you how you feel, um, you think about the relationship and then you kind of ask yourself what kind of answer you want to give. But how in tune do you tend to be with what that answer is? I'm usually, I'm very self-aware. Um, sometimes I think to a fault. <laughs> I don't know if that's possible, but possibly. Um, and I'm very, very in tune with my emotions. And like when I'm triggered, it's hard for me. Like sometimes it takes me a little bit longer to catch on. But for the most part, I say I'm very in tune with where I am. Maybe not all the way down through like the three levels of emotions like displayed on the chart. But I always know what sector I'm hanging out in. Like for sure. How in tune mm-hmm. would you say you are? Um, well, I think I kind of already answered mine, but I'm not that in tune with it because I have to think real hard about it. Um, and then I'm not even sure what I'm basing my answer in. So I'm trying to either think back a little bit to how I was thinking or what the frame of my thoughts were uh, before I was asked that. Or um, maybe I'm really thinking about how I feel in this moment, which would be based on like if I'm worried about something or if I'm not, you know, I don't know. But kind of where I'm at with what I'm working on or what I'm doing Um but I would say I'm not super in tune unless I stop to really think about it, which is what I've been trying to do more often. Um, one of the things I forgot why she brought this up, though. But one of the things so with me um, and therapy, when we talk about stuff like detaching or um, being detached from the present I think that is very much connected because you're not really paying attention to what you're feeling or what's kind of really really going on in that exact moment which kind of is like you're avoiding or you know not really thinking about the emotions anyway so it's kind of like a state of you're not trying to think about that and then if you do or if something kind of does get close you kind of find some kind of way to like back away from it or distract from it, which could be why if you move around a lot or um, change subjects on things, stuff like that. And so that's something that I recognize with me, which shows me that I'm not very in tune because I don't really let myself. Mm -hmm. And for me, I think I'm on the opposite side of the scale where sometimes I can feel like I'm so in tune with them, like being in my head about them, like, oh, well, why do I feel this way? And like, how do I want to feel? And and just getting caught up in thinking about the emotions that it kind of takes you out of the present moment. So I think being in tune is just knowing like where you are in the moment and being able to articulate that, you know, either to yourself or if somebody asks or if you're journaling about it. Yeah. And that's what I want to ask what I guess, what do we mean by being in tune? Because if it has to do with um, being able to identify your emotions in the moment, then not so much for me, but you're saying you you have that pretty down. Yeah, I would say I'm pretty I'm pretty good about it. And I would say being in tune with your emotions is like being able to identify them in the moment, but also just having a general sense of where you are at any given time, which might have been exactly the same thing, but just having a general sense of like where you're you're leaning that day. So you are more self-aware about like how things might affect you or what kind of energy you're bringing into things. So if we're talking about living in the present, though, and um, being present all the time, why is it not enough to just be feeling and living through it? Like, why why would we need to or should we name emotions or really be aware? Like, oh, what is this emotion? You know what I mean? Instead of just like going about your day. I think that um, and research has shown like if if we don't know how to 
we don't a lot of times we don't know what emotions we're experiencing and if we don't know what we're experiencing we don't know how it's affecting us our rea- our reactions our relationships what we're bringing into work situations and situations with our spouses and our kids and our friends and so being able to name emotions it gives you a chance to be uh, I would say retrospective or introspective in a way that helps you grow and learn and heal and helps you improve on areas where you might have triggers or not be healed. And so it just gives you a reference point with yourself and helps you be able to understand where you are and why and why you are and why things affect you the way that they do. Sorry, I'm thinking because I feel like you said a lot of stuff, but also what? Because so let's say if I'm angry or maybe I'm furious or some other word but to name it is helping me because of why just because now I I'm like oh yes I am angry well so now you know you're moving from a space of anger and if you're furious you're moving from a space of intense anger and now you can tread more carefully into the conversations that you have like maybe you don't pick up the phone if you're furious maybe you don't yell at your friend or your roommate or your partner you know you're going to be snappy and so you can take time for yourself so do you think naming an emotion changes how you feel? No, but a lot of research um, has shown that being able to put words to emotions, like being able to articulate them and describe them, gives you like a gap. It like lessens the gap from ourselves and the experience. So instead of saying like, I am so furious, it's like I am feeling furious or I am feeling angry. So in, in it, and it gives you just that pause. We often talk about a pause of awareness, like being able to articulate your feelings gives you a gap in response and reaction. So then a few of these things um, that we have written down in our notes as benefits to naming your emotions kind of go in that same space. The intensity of emotions diminishing when you kind of give yourself that little bit of space. That's, that's kind of what you're speaking to now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think diffusing their charge. So for some types of emotions with maybe immense sadness, things like guilt, grief, or anger, um, maybe it kind of lessens it just a little bit um lessens the burden they create is also sounds like that kind of goes in with that as well um so I guess in the same way we talk about um responding instead of reacting and just not being immediate with what you do continue to think or say or whatever now you're like all right I feel this way and at least you're coming from it with a little bit more logic in place Yeah. And um, a psychologist who's done a lot of work on this, Dan Siegel, he coined a term. It's like name it to tame it. So being able to actually put that word to your emotions um, helps you be able to tame them in a sense of like at least you have a point of reference. It doesn't mean that it makes it better or worse because that's all perspective anyways. But it gives you a thing like, man, if I know I'm really sad today then you know how to move from that space. Or if you know you have a lot of sadness with you, you know how to move from that space. And as people, you know, when we're working on ourselves and things in our lives, like we can't change what we don't notice and what we don't know how to put into words. So it just gives you a better level of understanding with yourself. Yeah, but also it seems like these are all benefits when we're talking about um, the emotions that are in a little bit more negative space. So um, is there any benefit to, or do you feel like there's anything to gain from, constantly naming good emotions or and maybe I can't say good or bad but uh, positive type emotions emotions that are in a happy space or exploratory space things of that nature because it seems like we're talking about these things we're always focused on those negative type emotions 
Yeah, I think I think so for sure. So you can look at the things in your life and what brings you joy, what brings you calm, what brings you peace, like looking at what is happening in those moments when you experience those positive emotions. And then also keeping that in mind, like, man, if I'm always, you know, with this person and I'm feeling, you know, more peaceful, just not not looking at them as the cause of it, but understanding that that might be some energy that they're bringing to their life or looking at, you know, if you're trying to figure out what passions you really enjoy or maybe a next adventure, like just looking at how to better spend your time and investing in things that help you grow, like looking at what you're doing and how you're spending your time and how that affects you. And also if we probably spend more time uh, naming those positive emotions, it's probably gives us a clearer, more balanced picture of how we really do feel throughout the day instead of what tends to be like a focus on, um, the negative ones like I really feel like more people will be like I'm tired or busy those types of things more often than they would say like grateful peaceful whatever um and I think maybe if we name them more as we fill them throughout the day you would see like a little more clearly how much more positive there is maybe that you're feeling during the day Mm -hmm. And just taking responsibility for that and for the energy that you're bringing in any situation can also help you be more graceful and have more space for other people, whether, you know, a perceived positive or negative emotion. Mm -hmm. So then if there is so much benefit to naming emotions, um, why is this something that for sure for my generation, um, I think we're the same generation for our generation, um, but I can only speak for, I guess, me too and being in the South and all that. I don't know if it was any different, but it's not like it's something I really learned. Um, and from my parents, it's not really something that was a focus, I wouldn't say, as far as emotions and naming them. Of course, you know, as long as you live, people are always asking how you feel and whatever. But for, you know, when you grow up in um, different environments where you're not expected to have a real answer and or your real answers aren't necessarily going to receive a particular response that may be healthy or good. And so what are some reasons that we don't name our emotions? I think you touched on one of the biggest ones is we've never been taught how to, how to like think about emotions, how to identify them or process through them unless you've like learned that in therapy as an adult. Cause most of the time um, in like where I'm from, most of us didn't learn that either. Like you, you didn't really have any experience with emotions. And so a lot of times we just, live how we were raised and we just continue to do that so I think a lot of people have never had any practice doing that um maybe you got in trouble for showing emotion and so you just learn how to button it up and keep it moving and so that's just a learned behavior and a, like a trauma response and so you carry that on into adulthood mm -hmm. and whether you got in trouble for it and or like I was alluding to you just you know like nobody cared or didn't seem like they cared or it was like oh well you know, show a straight face or, you know, whatever kind of response you may get. I think from that young age, you essentially just grow to be trying to contain it. And so I think it's a controlled thing for a lot of people. And you may not even realize it that for whatever reason it may be, um, you may just want to be a control person over your own life and everything. And so you just don't like the idea of, you know, if you're watching something and it's like, oh man, I feel like I'm about to start crying. Like that may be a weird thing because you want to control that and you want to control your emotions. And so I think one reason we don't name them or, and partly why we don't have experience is because we're trying to control it the whole time. And so we want to feel a certain way and we don't want to feel like we're emotional or that we don't have control over the ways that we feel. Um, and so you kind of push those things away. Yep. And it can be scary 
when you've never had experience with things or whenever you've never allowed yourself to truly feel emotions or to even explore naming them, like what that might look like, it can be kind of scary. Like, man, if I start crying, am I ever going to stop? Or like, I'm so sad. Like, am I going to break if I just like let myself experience this fullness of what's going on? And so I think it can be really uncomfortable. It can be scary and very painful, um, especially if you've never been given the space or given yourself the space to explore that. And I'm going to go back again to focusing on the positive emotions in this particular question as well, because I think it's interesting when I was um, working on this episode, as far as part of the planning, I think in most of these spaces, I was kind of thinking mostly about negative, but even um, why we may not name positive ones also is because you know, like if when you get good grades or maybe, you know, people, who, if you get all good grades, their parents are like, OK, that's what you're supposed to do anyway. Um, I think maybe we don't even think too hard or name the positive ones because it's like, OK, like, you know, maybe that's the that should be the status quo. So that's not really special or, you know, you're not letting yourself enjoy it as much as you should. Um, and so that may be another thing as well. Or because sometimes going back to like the crying and things like that, sometimes those positive emotions can um feel even more emotional than the negative ones like I might cry I probably would cry at a happy thing before I cry at a sad thing and so even still maybe there's something to not feeling like you should feel but so good or mm -hmm. you know not feeling comfortable being like oh man everything feels great I wonder what's going to happen um who knows what that may be but I feel like with positive emotions sometimes we try to avoid that as well yeah, and also it's like, why does this matter? Like, if it's never been something that's been discussed, if you feel like you're pretty good, it's like, you know, why am I even putting thought into how I'm feeling positive or negative? Like, it's just going to change. I can't do anything about it. Or whatever the reasoning behind it may be, you might not think that it's important. Mm -hmm. And so, Carly, would you say that you've always felt like you've been pretty um, emotionally in tune for most of your life? As a sensitive, a self proclaimed sensitive and like emotional person. Yeah. I feel like I've always been in tune. It wasn't until I got a little older that I actually was able to articulate how I was feeling or was more aware of exactly like what it was, but I've always been, but that's the in tune part. Mm. Like we we always, we have emotions, but like, have you always been like, I, mom, I feel jealous today. Oh yeah. Like, no. Like, do you feel like you were, <laughs> um, not afraid to express your emotions and or like you knew how you felt like somebody asked you like you knew how you were feeling um I think I've always known how I felt I've never been scared to express my emotions my mom is a very emotional person um but I think as I've gotten older I've just had a healthier relationship with you know articulating them and the way that I express and all that stuff so the our definition of in tune not really till I got older but I've always like known about them and had a really close relationship and always expressed them mm -hmm. um and then I, I guess it sounds like your environment and your growing up is a huge determinant in how you operate and what your relationship is with your feelings. Uh, so that's definitely something to explore and to look into when you think about your family. And it's not a thing about you having a um, abusive family or a terrible family or even a great family or awesome family. Like we all seen every TV show, we all know our own families, other people's families, and the ones that even look good, they still might have certain things stifled or the ones that are very bad, may at least those kids have had a space where they could talk to their parents type thing. So, you know, I feel like it could be anything. And so to look back at your own experiences, which are probably super unique to you, um, may help you understand, like, why you are the way you are when it comes to your relationship in that way. Um, so for me, like, when I talk about it, I didn't even realize that 
I was such an emotionally attached person until a couple of years ago, which it makes total sense. Like, I mean, I know who I am. I know how I am, but I never would have actually said that. I've been like, yeah, I don't ever know how I'm feeling. I would never say that until somebody called me out on it. And then I was like, yeah, you're kind of right. And so to end our episode today with naming um, feelings and naming emotions, we're going to give you some things that may determine if you are a little bit more emotionally detached. And if so, then start to think about what may have led you in that direction um, and what things you can do to get a little bit more in tune with your emotions. How would you define or how would you describe like being emotionally detached? Um, Emotionally detached is if you avoid feelings, avoid emotions. If you find yourself having difficulty expressing them and or uh, knowing what they are Uh, if you avoid or don't like situations that are really emotional um, what else I would say some of those types of things okay and so I think one sign that you might be emotionally detached or not as in tune is um, having difficulty creating or maintaining relationships Um, If you look back at your life and at your history with romantic relationships, friendships, even family, like different things, you can look at, you know, where you struggle or if there's a consistent downfall on like being open with people or allowing them to be open with you. Yeah, And I was going to ask, why might that be? Why might it be difficult creating or maintaining relationships if you're emotionally detached? But I think it's what you said at the end about how open you are, Um, because a lot of times people don't feel like they really know you or you don't you feel like you're not really close to people because you're not actually being open with them and being open with people. It has to for sure do with you being clear on your emotional state. Are you expressing like how you feel about things or even allowing yourself to have those emotions <coughs> and process them? Mm-hmm. Um, another clue that you may be emotionally detached is lack of attention with others. I don't know why, but I know I'm, that's true for me, but I don't know what that has to do with that. I wonder why. Lack of attention with others. What do you mean with you're lack not, of attention? Um, so, like, I'm always getting caught out, like, oh, you're not paying attention, or you're doing oh. something else, or mm-hmm. I think it has to do with just distracting yourself away from the present, but away from also uh, whatever that moment may be, which may bring um, a happy emotion, sad emotion, or whatever emotion. Like, you're kind of just not all the way in tune with uh, other people talking or doing whatever they're doing. Mm, I think that that's a good one. Another one is another sign is the inability to empathize or be expressive with others. So if you feel like you have a wall up um, is kind of in my head, what that means is like you can't really like feel things with them or express yourself because you're kind of closed off. Yeah. And you may not be able to empathize with others because you don't see emotions as a good thing. And so you know, it may be more of a judging somebody versus empathizing with them for feeling whatever they feel. Um, another thing is kind of very similar, not easily sharing your emotions or feelings. I think that's pretty straightforward. And then I think another sign that you could be detached from your own emotions is if you notice yourself having like polar opposite emotions or like big explosive reactions to things. And I see this as like maybe lashing out and not realizing it. And why I think that that's a sign for someone who's like emotionally detached is you don't know when like you're starting to get overwhelmed or stressed out or angry, you're not in touch with yourself enough. And so you just lash out on people and you're like, oh, fuck, did I just do that? Or, oh, man, did that mm-hmm. happen? And you're not really in tune enough to, to, to have seen the warning signs of that coming. Mm, that's a good one, too. Um, so then if these are all signs or outward signs, like in your life or with your relationships that show you may not be as in tune, 
um, how can we become more emotionally attuned? Like what things can we do? So I think the first one is sitting with yourself and naming it, like actually practicing with a little chart that's going to be in the notes um, or whatever way feels good to you. Like I'm feeling X today or this made me feel like this and just kind of practicing those emotions, which may sound very kindergartner and crazy, but it's real. And we've never really had the spaces to do that. So starting with yourself, like I'm feeling like this today or this made me feel like this. Yeah, maybe you can set an alarm in your phone or something like some people do for drinking mm-hmm. water or something. And you can say, like, how do you feel? I think it's some of those apps we've talked about before. There's some that, um, like, ask you some kind of prompts and things like that to keep you kind of, like, self-aware as well. So, for sure, naming them is good. Um, I think another thing is writing and journaling, of course. Um, when you're writing, um, writing about how you're feeling and when you're if you're writing about things that have happened or things that happened that day or whatever, um, making sure you include and, and kind of spell out like how you feel about certain things as well. And then even looking at that emotions chart and, and combining that with the journaling, like maybe one each day you have a topic like joy, like what are the things that bring you joy? Like what does joy mean to you? And what does that look like in your life? And so seeing how emotions look in your life and figuring out kind of what that is. Um, I think that's kind of it for the most part for me. I would just say staying self-aware about it and um, um, challenging yourself to name how you feel and name your emotions at random times throughout the day. I think when it was caught out for me, that's what I started trying to do is just kind of, I don't know, when it randomly kind of hit my head, I would just stop and think about it. But again, it's usually harder for me when I'm trying to think about how I feel. Um, but whatever, whatever time you can throughout the day, um, just use that as a practice. Mm-hmm. And then hit us, let us know if you think of some other ways to get better in tune with your emotions or if any of this really stood out to you, we'd love to hear from you. Mm-hmm. And we're going to end our episode with a question of the week. Carly, this week's question is to be or to do. And I'm going to go with to do. I think um, That's funny. you thought I was going to say to be. I would say to be. I think we were backwards this year. I mean, this year, today. (laughs) Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, I'm going to go with to do. Um, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts and reading a lot of books and things, and I want to make sure I'm not action faking (laughs) and doing things and being more stuck in in a space, which I don't think I do often, but I'm just challenging myself more to do and then letting my actions show, like, what is really there. And I would say to be because in my experience, I can – have all these things on a list, but unless I'm really in that space and I become that person and become um, that thing, then those those to-dos feel very forced. And so for me, I have to become, and then those things come effortlessly. Love it. Flow effortlessly. Um, so for y'all, are you to be or to do? Let us know. Hit us at Carly's Couch on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Let us know. And we hope you have a great week. Stay tuned for next week. Make sure you're subscribed, get the notifications and all that. Because next week we're talking about specifically processing emotions. Yep. So hit us. Bye, y'all.